worshiping God, and he's so, so worthy, so powerful. He's, I know this is the last Sunday for some of you before finals and then heading off for the summer, so have a great summer if that's the case for you. This really has been an amazing year. I, I just have been so uh, blown away time and time again by the powerful work that God has been doing in people's hearts. So, I mean, we're a little unbalanced. I'm going to be like, I feel like the room's tilting this direction here, but that's cool. <laughs> um, it's, if I haven't met you yet, my name is Jonathan Huff, and I'm a pastor here at Bluemont, and we have been doing a series since, a message series since Easter called Running on Empty, looking at how so often we are running on empty. We're kind of running on fumes, worn down by life, but that the empty tomb with Jesus, God resurrecting Jesus and bringing his life into the world, is that empty is what God wants us to run from, running from his power instead of running on, on our fumes. And we talked the next week about lightening our load, about how we can come to Jesus with our burdens, and he gives us his, his burden, which is, which is light, and brings rest to our soul. Last week, Rob talked about slowing down, very timely and important message for us. And today we're going to talk about... Um, refueling, about stopping to refuel when you're running on empty. And uh, a week ago, about a week ago, I was mowing my grass. It's that time of year. The grass is growing really fast. And I know our, our lawnmower and our size of our yard, it's usually like, it takes a, if you have a full tank, you're good to go for the yard. You can get the yard and a little bit, you know, maybe a yard and a, a, a third or something. And so, it's a good idea to fill up before you start, but I didn't do this, do this this time, and I started mowing, and I mowed the front yard, and the gas can's like right in the garage, right by the front, by the, by the front yard, and as I was finishing the front yard, I had this thought in my head, you know, maybe I should stop and refuel, but I just kind of kept going, kind of pushed it back, no, I think I'll be okay, maybe I'll, have enough, I'll probably have enough gas to stop to, to finish the yard, and so I got to the backyard, and lo and behold, guess what happens? You hear the familiar sputter, the lawn, the lawn starts, you know, it starts sort of shaking a little bit. And then within 30 seconds, it's really sputtering, and then it dies. And so, not that big of a deal. You know, I, but, I, but I went up, climbed the stairs of our deck, went into our garage, grabbed the gas tank, walked an extra 150 feet that I wouldn't have had to if I had just filled up when I was in the front yard, filled it up, and went back. And I was thinking about that, it's like, that's kind of like our life a lot of times. Like, we need to refuel. We need to refuel with God. But a lot of times we push it off for too long. And we hit the point where we start sputtering. We start running out. And then we come to a place where we're just no good. And we, we have to refuel, or we can't do anything. But so often we try to go too far. Because we don't want to take the time, we got other things to do, we're in a hurry. And so we don't refuel, but in the end, we, we can't do anything. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't work quite as smoothly as it did for me a week ago. Just actually yesterday, another family member was mowing our grass, and I was inside, and they came to me, he's like, hey, the lawnmower stopped and it won't start. And I was like, oh, that's odd, because we just got it fixed this week. And so I go out, I start pulling it a few times, and it, it didn't start. And I asked him, hey, did, um, did it run out of gas? And they're like, well, maybe. Like, I just refilled it, but it was, it was really low. And I was like, well, you know, sometimes if you let it go all the way to the bottom and run completely out, then it's harder to get started. 
And maybe that's what happened. I hope that's what happened because we just got this sucker fixed. I hope it's not anything. I go back to the shop. And so tried nothing. Nothing worked. We had another mower, so finished cutting the grass. Like an hour later, I went out and pulled it, and it started. And sometimes, if we go too far without refueling, it takes a while to get back to where we need to be. And so what I'm going to talk about today is how God wants us to refuel with his presence, with his word, with prayer, with drawing near to him in a way that keeps us topped off, keeps us living life the way that, that we're meant to. But so often, we're, we're in a hurry, we don't want to stop, but, you know, I don't know about you, but when I'm running on empty, I don't stop to, to refuel. It, it leads to all sorts of things that aren't too great. You know, I, I start to feel really selfish, especially with my time. I feel like, oh, there's not enough time, and man, why are you asking these things of me? Um, I get selfish, I get impatient. I like, man, why are you, this is taking too long. Um, my judgment gets distorted. I start making bad assessments of things when I'm, when I'm running on empty. When I'm empty, I, I start to lack compassion for people who are hurting. And maybe like people around me have real needs, but it's like hard for me to really care because I'm just feeling like I don't have enough for myself. And there just feels like there aren't enough resources in the world because, you know, I'm not feeling it myself. Um, I know when I'm empty that it's, I'm easily enticed by temptations. Um, most vulnerable to temptation when I'm, when I'm running on empty. I know that uh, I begin to think that, I begin to kind of have a sense of entitlement, like I deserve certain things when I'm running on empty. Like, hey, how come this is, the world isn't working this way? People aren't doing this for me. I start to, start to feel, feel entitled. Um, I get short with people. Not like physically, you know, shrinking, but I impatient, have my temper, tends to, to show up. I don't like the issues that come my way. I become cynical, become more critical. Now, when I'm running on empty, I am not at my best. It's not a pretty sight. And I, I know that, um, you know, that's, that, that's, I find myself there. It's like, man, why, why am I here? Oh, yeah, it's because I haven't been getting what I need from God. And so I, I just want to bring this to all of us. You know, what about you? What does this look like for you? you I heard a pastor uh, talking recently. Actually, I read something. And he's a, a pastor on staff with a really large, well-known church in America. And he said, you know, from my years, this is just a guess, but from, from talking to people, counseling, and just situations that come my way as a pastor, I would say that my best guess is that 80% of the people in our church don't have a regular daily time with God. And, you know, I would, and this is a great church, and I would say, you know, I, so many of the situations that come my way with people, situations like, hey, I, well, I'm feeling this way, I'm dealing with this situation, I don't know if God loves me, all the, probably 70% of the cases that come my way it's like, you know, the remedy for that is for you to begin spending time with God regularly. For you to invest, for you to refuel in your own relationship with God. I've thought of it like this, that oftentimes it's like someone went to the doctor and was really like feeling no energy, feeling kind of malnourished, feeling discouraged and just weak. And they go to the doctor and it's like, hey doc, I've got all these symptoms, I don't know what's going on. And the doctor starts talking about different stuff and says, well what about you know, what's your diet like? How, how are you eating? And if the, if the patient said, well, 
Most weeks, I have a pretty good meal on Sunday morning. <laughs> He'd be like, well, that's your problem. You're not eating enough. You're not getting enough nutrition. You're not getting what you need to function. And, you know, maybe I get two or three meals a week. Like, well, that's probably not going to cut it for you. And, you know, really, to be a Christian, to live the life God wants us to live, it's a, our personal relationship with God on a daily basis. It's us stopping to refuel. And we, our goal is to, to help raise up people who are spiritually mature and who are learning how to feed themselves. You know, that's what a baby can't feed themselves. And that's really great. I mean, it is. That's a special time in your life. But if you're seven years old and you still can't feed yourself, or if you're 20 years old and you still can't feed yourself, there's a problem there. The goal is to mature. And God's goal for us is that we would learn how to spiritually fuel up ourselves. Um, there's a, this is our, our main verse we're going to look at today in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19. This is a, a prayer of, of Paul, the apostle, for the church in Ephesus. And he says this, he says, May you experience the love of Christ. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. And this is God's heart for us, that we would experience his love for us, which is beyond comprehension. It's so infinite. It's so incredible. It's so amazing. And as we personally experience that, we're filled up with God's life. We're filled up with God's power. We're fueled up. We have everything we need, not just to make it in life, but to have an abundance of energy. And I know this is so true. Like, a lot of times people, you know, see me, especially in the morning, and they're like, man, how come you got so much energy? Like, you're like, man, like, what's up with you? And it's like, it's not that I'm a morning person. That's probably not true. But it's because I just met with God. And I was read something in the Word that was like, oh man, God is near to me today. God is for me. This is awesome. And boom, there's, a, there's what I need. There's the energy I need. There's the fuel I need for the day. Um, last night, a few of us were at a wedding. And at the, the reception, where the, the bridal party or the, the wedding party comes in, you know, and everybody cheers and greets them, there was, after that happened, they said, well, there's a special surprise now. And another guest came through the door, and guess who it was? It was Willie the Wildcat. And they played Wabash Cannonball, and everybody's, you know, getting all excited. And this whole room full of a lot of people from South Carolina that are, like, Clemson fans and Gamecock fans. But, like, the whole room, like, this energy just filled the room. It was like, you know, for, like, it felt like 10 minutes. Everybody's, like, clapping and doing the cannonball, and, and everybody's going up and getting pictures with Willie. And just, like, whoo, just the energy level in the whole room went to a new place. It was like, man, this, this is great. But that's really what God wants to do with us every day of our life. Like, God's a little better than Willie. I hate, you know, I mean, Willie's great, but God can give us that, the fuel that we need as he comes into our life and as we look to him. And that's, that's what I'm talking about, that we can live every day with that sort of fuel. Um, all right. You know, we got to want to talk about, about how how to refuel a little bit. But before we go there, I want to kind of build a case for the why. Why do we need to refuel? I talked a little bit about how it's not working for me, running on empty, and how it really doesn't work for any of us. But um, that's, that's the first reason we need to, to, to refuel, is that emptiness is not working for me. That, 
uh, you know, busyness, hurriedness. We've talked about that's one of the biggest enemies of our lives. And busyness seems like the right approach, but it has a cost. Hurriedness seems like, yeah, that's what i got to do, but there's a price tag that we pay when we succumb to living under that sense of being hurried. Busyness cripples our relationships. It hurts our, our interaction with other peoples. It, it, people, not peoples and people. It, it fractures our families. It may um, prop up our ego, but it hurts our hearts. Busyness may, like, feed our, our sense of our image, but it damages our souls. There's a price that we pay, and, and busyness doesn't work for us. As we think that we have to, that's the only option. But no, there's a better way. There's a better way. In Jeremiah 6.16, the prophet Jeremiah says this. He says, this is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. Notice it doesn't say be hurried in it or be busy in it or be sprinting in it or be frenzied in it all the time. Walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. Man, that's what God has for us. A place of living out of an inner rest. Out of being fueled up. Out of having everything we need. And so, we need to refuel because busyness and, and hurriedness isn't working for us. Being spiritually empty isn't working for us. And that's, I've touched on this, but the second reason we need that is because we have a soul. I hate to break it. You know, it's maybe news to you, but you have a soul. You know, that person next to you, they actually have a soul. You know, look at them and say, you've got a soul. There's a, there's a soul in there somewhere. Yeah. I know it's not too hard to see. But now, what's your soul? The soul is the part of you that's not your body. It's the part of you that's invisible. It's, it's internal. You can't see it. It's, eter- it's eternal. And it's a part of you that, that's integral in how you connect with God. It's, if you want to be healthy as a person, then the health of your soul is even more important than the health of your body. And so if we are not thinking about the care of our souls and refueling our souls, then we're not going to be doing okay. Really. In Matthew 16, 26, Jesus said, How do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul in the process? Now, how much of what's going on in, in American life is people working so hard to gain the whole world but yet losing our soul in the process? Jesus said, Is anything worth more than your soul? You know, that's, that's a part of us that God made it's, it's incredibly important. If you're here and you're not a Christian, that's part of the reason you're here. Because there's something in you that says there's more to life than this. There's more to life than just being successful and making money and getting ahead. And No, there's, there's something more. I, I was made to connect with God. I was made to experience real relationships. I was made to have joy and peace. That's, we have a soul. And the third reason we, we need to refuel is that our fuel gets used up quickly. Kind of like that lawnmower. It's like it's good for one yard, and then it's going to be empty. And you may get filled up, and that's great, but it doesn't last forever. And it's interesting that in the Old Testament, when God was leading his people 
through the desert and into the promised land. For 40 plus years, he fed them every morning with this thing called manna from heaven. This was like little bread or little wafers that just showed up on the ground like dew every day. And what was interesting is that God said, hey, I'm going to give you enough every day for that day. Go out in the morning, get your manna, eat it, you'll have enough for that day. Then go out the next day, you'll have enough. They, they tried to, to uh, store up, and it, it rotted. It got all mildewed and bad. Because God's point was, hey, you need to trust me and get what you need from me on a daily basis. And that's how it is for us, too. Like God gives us enough for one day, but we need to continually be looking to him, continually be getting what we need from him. Um, life, life takes, life uses up our fuel. You know, the, our work, our studies, our relationships, going through life burns fuel. And um, we, we need to be refueled. Um, there's, not only does life refuel us, but if you're engaged in any sort of ministry to other people, man, that really uses a lot of fuel. And we believe every, you know, the saying we have is every member a minister. That if you're a Christian, God's call for you is to be a minister to other people. That you're called to love people. You're called to bring God's life to those around you. You're called to be part of making disciples. And it's funny, I've, I've talked to people who are like, you know, I've talked to them like, hey, you really need to have a time with God where you're, you know, on a daily basis, where you're listening, where you're reading the Bible, where you're praying. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah. And then they like, realize, oh, I'm, they start trying to make disciples, and they come back to me like, oh my goodness, I have to have time with God. I have to get in the Word. I'm like, I got nothing. You know, there's something about ministry that really takes a lot out of you. There was a time where Jesus was out ministering, and he was doing all sorts of miracles, healing the sick, miracles were happening, and he was on his way to this house to, to heal a girl. And there was a crowd of people all around him. They were like just bustling around, and jostling and people rubbing shoulders and in the middle of this crowd walking down the road Jesus stops and he said who touched me his disciples were like hey Jesus like lots of people are touching you here you know I mean and you've never been so finicky about like you know like needing your personal space before like you know what do you mean who touched you like everybody's touching you Jesus said no like someone touched me because they were believing that God would do something in their life when they touched me. And I felt power go out of me. And there was a woman who had a physical condition, and she had thought, if I just touch the edge of his robe, then I'll get the healing that I need. And she went and she touched his robe. And that touch of faith drew something out of him. And he could feel, he said, I felt the power go out of me. And ministry does that. If you're going to minister to other people, it will take it takes the power of God, and it goes out of you. And that's awesome. I mean, that's incredible. You know, like, God can use you. God, someone can be in you and touch other people's lives. But that means that you need to get refueled up and go back to God and continually have, have what you need. Um, you know, it's crazy that even Jesus, who, who was God, he, you think, like, you know, he, he's got what he needs. But even Jesus needed to get away from the busyness of life and spend time with the Father. It's discussed over and over in the Gospels how Jesus would, would, would step aside and get, get alone with God and get refueled. In Luke 5.16, it says that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. And so, man, if, if Jesus needs that, how much more do, do we? 
And finally, the last reason we really need this that I'm going to talk about is that it's refueling our souls as an investment in something that, that endures. It's not just something temporary, but it's something that has lasting, a lasting return on our investment. Um, oftentimes, we, we don't invest in refueling ourselves because we're investing our time and our energy in other things. Like, well, I need to do this to advance my career or, you know, to take care of all my responsibilities. I have to do this. This is what really matters. But in, in Matthew 6, 19, Jesus said, he said this. He said, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Oftentimes we don't invest in refueling, like I said, because we're investing in something else. But Jesus says, no, the thing that you should invest in is what really matters. And one of our greatest assets is our time. You know, this is talking specifically about money, which is really important. But I think if you look at, man, where do we invest our time? That's where our treasure is, too. What do we, what do we really value? And do we value connecting with God, drawing near to Him, and, and getting something out of that that has an enduring, an enduring return? Um, actually, connecting with God gives us something, not only for eternity, but for all of our life. You know, Paul, the, the apostle, said that, I work harder than all of you. I've got, I work harder than all of you, but it's not me. It's the grace of God in me. And that's the way God wants us to live, like with an energy, with a, an energy source that's not just our own, but God's grace inside of us that gives us the energy to, to work hard and to go through life and, and accomplish and be productive. Like Rob talked about, that when we, when we don't slow down, when we don't refuel, we're actually less productive than when we do. All right. Um, so God has that for us. He has, he has the resources we need. Um, I just want to read this verse again. Ephesians 3.19. May you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully. Then you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Jesus is the only one who can truly refuel us. And it's, it's his presence, it's his grace, like I just talked about, Paul said, you know, I mean, the grace of God in me. When we, get it, when we come to God and step back from our own striving, there's a strengthening that comes from trusting in his grace. We need his word. The Bible says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. That we need his words, his words coming to our hearts gives us the fuel that we need. Um, there's joy that comes from God. There's faith that comes from God. Uh, there's, there's life that comes from God. This last night, I was, it's been, you know, I, th- I think like a lot of us, the last month has been a lot going on. And I, I got to bed a little later than usual, and then I was awakened about midnight by a family situation I won't go into. And so I went back to bed. It was like 12, 15. And I was like, man, I'm tired. And I needed a good eight hours of sleep tonight. I'm not going to get it. And, man, what's going on? And I, but as I was just laying there in bed, somehow I just, I just started thinking about God. And I, I, I found that, like, lying in bed is a great time to pray. You know, like, mine's going on all sorts of other things. It's a great time. It's like, no, God, I wanna, I'm just going to come to you and bring my needs to you, tell you what's going on. 
um, pray for situations. And that kind of just came to a place of just like of worshiping God, just thinking about how good he is and all he's done in my life. And I, I started like in, under my breath, like singing this song like back from the 90s, one of the songs when I was in college. It was like one of my favorite worship songs, just about blessing and honor and glory and power belong to our king. And I went from being just bone tired and like dreading the next day to like, oh, yes, I'm so glad I had this experience. God, man, he's, this is what it's all about. God, you're so good. As my mind got on him, it just refueled me. And it recalibrated my thinking. And I was like, man, yes, okay, I got it. And then I went to sleep, and here we are today. Praise him. So, yes. So, man, we, we need this. And I just want to talk about, man, how do we experience that? And, you know, there's a lot of things that we've been talking about the last few weeks that we're just, we're hitting on them multiple times from different angles because it's so important that we're not running on our own empty, but we're running on his empty, on the empty, the power of the empty tomb. And so how do we access that fuel of God in our life on a daily basis? And so for us to experience this, I just want to go through three things every day. To experience this every day, we need, first of all, to stop. This again, Rob talked last week about slowing down. It's not natural to us. I read a story recently from another pastor. He said he was so addicted to activity and doing things and always on the go, and he'd get home. And, like, okay, I'm home with my family now, but he wasn't really, because he was still thinking about all the church situations and ministry situations and checking emails and checking his phone and all that. And I can relate to that. He said he realized he was so addicted, really, that he had to have some sort of detox experience to learn how to stop. So he started on his way home every day. He stopped at a Taco Bell, and he got, like, a big Diet Pepsi, and he just sat at a table and just decompressed. And he's like, I didn't take anything in. I didn't look at anybody. If people were waving at me who knew me, I probably didn't even know what happened. I actually got addicted to Diet Pepsi through this experience <laughs> because you know, obvious reasons. But he, like, it was so unnatural. Like, he had to, like, find a way to get some space in his life. I mean, in Taco Bell, of all places. to just, okay, I'm putting on the brakes. I'm stopping. And out of that, he began to learn to stop. And, and we got to do that. You know, there's... There, yes, you can, like, you can hear from God on the go, and we can learn to be in communion with God all day long, and that's the goal. But we also need times of just stepping aside from everything and stopping and clearing our plate, clearing our attention, like Jesus did, and giving God our attention. And, again, this can sort of feel the peace. Okay, yeah, I need that. I, I need that. Um, you know, one of, the biggest, one of the biggest challenges today to doing that is, guess what? Cell phone. There's always stuff coming your way. There's always, you know, if it's not, you know, text or emails coming your way, it's like right there, like, oh, man, I wonder what got posted on social media most recently. Like, there's always just stuff coming. And I know that's one of the biggest distractions for me. Like, I... I do poorly in having my regular time with God in the morning when this is close by. 
It's, it's hard. For, I don't have the willpower to do that very well. If I'm going to do it well, it's like I've got to get away from that because it's so distracting. And so I think that's an important thing for us to make sure that that's not getting in the way of, of us stopping. So we've got to stop. We have to, to listen, which involves being quiet. And we're so used to noise. We're addicted to noise. We wake up in the morning with an alarm clock, and then we start playing music, and we've got it in our ears. We've got it going all the time. And then, like, when we finally, like, want peace, we turn on white noise, you know, because it's like we, we just can't handle real quiet. We've got to have some sort, of, some sort of noise all the time. But there's, you know, there, there's no, some of you know this, a lot of you know this already, but I was hear, reading a little bit recently about no, noise research and that certain, sorts, certain types of noise will make you shop more, will make you eat more, will make you spend more, you know, and the restaurants, stores, they know this. You know, you think, oh, those are nice tunes, I like this music. No, it's not because they like you that they're playing that music, it's because they want you to eat more and they want you to spend more and they want you to shop more because it sort of, it stimulates you. But there's a place to just, no, stop, listen. There's a place in the Old Testament where the prophet Elijah was going through a really low point in his life. And in 1 Kings 19, God said, go out and stand before me on the mountain. And Elijah stood there and the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a low whisper. And the low whisper was the voice of God. And then Elijah went out and listened to what God had to say to him. And a lot of translations, some translations say there was a still small voice. That's usually how God's voice comes to us. It's not in the loudness, it's not in the blaring, but it's this quiet, still voice. And we're not going to hear it unless we stop and get quiet and listen. But when we do, God's voice is there for us to hear him. We have to stop, we have to listen, and then we connect. And, you know, this, this generation loves the idea of being connected. We're always connected, and in some ways that's true, in some ways that's not true. Um, but, man, if you connect with God, it will make a difference. Our souls get nurtured when we connect with God. I think one of the best things that ever happened to me in my life was when I was 16 years old, and my parents sent me to this Christian camp in Colorado Springs. And looking back, a lot of that camp... You know, I'm not sure I agree with everything that they were trying to instill in us. Um, But there was one thing that changed my life. And that was where the the director of this camp stood in front of us, and he was an older guy. And walked with God for decades, um, run this camp for decades, written a couple books, very influential person. And he said, hey, all you high schoolers, I want to challenge you to make a decision tonight, that you will set time aside every day on a daily basis to meet with God. That you'll set time aside to open the Bible, to read God's word, to pray, 
to listen. And I was sitting there, and I knew, yeah, that's what I need to do. That's what God wants me to do. That's really what I want to do. And that's what I want to do with my life, really. Like, what would be more important investment than that? And so I made a quality decision at 16 that I was going to do that. And have I done that perfectly? No. But that began a pattern of daily time with God. And I started in high school, you know, like getting up a little earlier and opening the Bible and starting that process, going on into college. And I remember, again, living in a dorm room with my buddy and like, okay, how do you get away? I remember the only place, I'll go out in the lobby because nobody else is there at 6.30 or 6 o'clock. And get finding a place and finding a time. And, and that has been the most important practice habit in my life by far. You know, I, like, that has changed my life of having a regular time of being refueled. And so to connect, um, there are a lot of different ways you know, that, that that can happen. But there, there are three things that you need. You need a win, you need a where, and you need a, a what. You know, I, I mentioned the morning. Does it have to be in the morning? No. It doesn't have to be in the morning. But you need to find a time that you are regularly, regularly meeting with God. And there are all sorts of great ways to do that. But if we're not intentional about it, it, it won't happen. And I will say this, that a whole lot of people who have done this will say, you know, morning's a really good time because there's something about starting your day with meeting with God. Um, I know when I worked for a lawn service company in high school and college and a tree service company, like we would always refill up all of our equipment at the start of the day because then you could just you could go and you're not going to have to, to get interrupted. You have what you need as you start the day. And the same is true if we start our day meeting with God. There's such a life that comes from that. But, man, any time, any time is a great time to do that. Um, you know, I, I didn't mention how long that needs to be. It's not like a rule, but... You know, for, for you, it may be 10 minutes. Like, 10 minutes could be such a valuable time of just stopping and listening. Reading something in the Bible. And praying. And getting some fuel in your tank. You know, some of you, it, it could be an hour. Like, man, I really, I believe God wants me to spend an hour a day. I, I need to be, like, I need to read through the Bible this year. I need to get this in my life. There, there needs to be a, a win that you find to do that. There needs to be a where. You know, habits that we instill in our life, it's like figuring out how to do it over and over again. And the Bible talks multiple places about finding a quiet place away from others, away from activity, away from your phone. And doing that, I I know of people that have, like, set up a curtain in their garage where it was like, this is my closet, and this is where I'm going to go to meet with God. Don't bug me. I know someone who camped, he, he did that under his stairwell in his basement. It's like, okay, I'm going to hide out here. People can't find me. You know, I, I, for me, it's just, you know, I'm on a chair in my basement or, or living room usually. Um, or if the weather's great, I mean, going outside, I think, is the absolute best. But finding a place, like, okay, where can I meet with God? Where can I do that regularly? And starting that practice. And then there's the what. You know, what do we do? You know, there's so much we could say about this. And actually, in our discipleship books that are in the lobby on the resources table, Kingdom Living 2, we have a couple chapters that give great uh, options, great practices for how to read the Bible, how to pray, different ways to do that. And really, the most important thing is to start and to really chew on God's Word, to like get something and think about it and ask God to speak to you and be honest. Maybe you have a notebook. Write down things that, that stand out. 
Write down verses that stand out. You can write out prayers or just open up your heart and pray to God. Um, there are, I know you've got to be careful with phones, but there are some great Bible apps out there that with daily reading plans and things like that that can help you. Um, but it's different for different people. But it's really figuring out what works for you and then practicing. And, you know, it's, it's great to talk to other people, too. And, hey, what do you do? How does that work for you? And figure out somewhat for how you can get refueled. All right, how y'all doing? Good. Um, you know, our goal is, is to be a church full of spiritually mature people. And that with spiritually mature people who are having what we need in our own life, who are healthy, and then have an overflow to bring life wherever we are. That Manhattan is touched, that K-State is touched, Fort Riley's touched, that everywhere we go, that God's life is spilling out from there. And that involves having the fuel, that requires having the fuel that we need. And Jesus said in, in John 15, 5, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now that's true. He's our source of life. He's our source of fuel. He gives us what we need. We will bear much fruit as we're connected with him. But apart from him, we can't do anything. And so, I mean, really my goal is that I don't know, if, you know what our percent is, where we're at, people in this room. Um, I hope we're better than the 20% of that other church. Um, but wherever we are, man, our, my goal would be that we would go from that to being the other way around. You know, it would be like 80% of us are walking this out, are getting refueled on a daily basis. Man, that would be, that is such a powerful thing. That would, that would be so impactful. Because God wants us to be filled up, as Paul said, to be filled up with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. And that's what, can you see that for yourself? Can you see being filled up with the life and power that comes from God? You know, I can see that for you. I can see that for our church. And, you know, I can see us, and this is happening already, but I can see that just continuing to happen more and more, even as we go into this summer of us. You know, some of, this, some of you, this could be the summer of, of establishing this in your life in a way that you never have before that could change your life like, like it did for me when I was 16. And so... I, mean, I just want to encourage you to find the time to stop, to listen, to connect with God, and to get the, the fuel that you need. I want to pray for us and ask God to, to do that in our lives. Lord, thank you that you made us for connection with you. We made us, you made us to draw our life from you. I thank you for the, the many ways that we've experienced that. I thank you this morning even that you, you already are fueling us up. You already are giving us your life. Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, I pray that you would help us wherever we're at to, to take that pattern, that, those habits in our life to a new place. Lord, that, that you would help us to connect with you more, to connect with you better. To get what we need from you. But I pray even, even this week, even the students and finals and everything else going on, that, 
that there would be a week of practicing this, of trusting you and receiving what we need. Lord, I, I pray for, for our lives, for the lives of people here, to experience the fullness that you have as we get what we need from you on a daily basis. We thank you for that in Jesus' name.